I got you. I got you. I'm gonna be here. Black market is typically like, oh, that's like a negative yeah. thing. Like you call it legacy. There. It's like this. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's a different market. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know sometimes it's we're talking about the plant market. Right, right, right. Well, black market is like you can get everything. Yeah. All right, yeah. Okay, but cool. legacy market is like you know this is why we still have a cannabis but, industry. But all the homies that I went to school with in Long Beach, they still have the same plug that we have in high school, and right. they they see me and they'll be like, yo, bro, you should. Too expensive. I'm like, trust me, that dude's making more margin yeah. <laughs> than we are. You know what I'm saying? All the saying. good plugs. Yeah. They're like family members. Yeah. Don't, yes. Like, don't you want to yes. get them a Christmas present sometimes? Yes. Like, you come through when I need you the most. <laughs> <laughs> another episode of the lasagna ganja podcast i'm x to the z exhibit i'm tammy aka the cannabis cutie yes where culture meets cannabis and vice versa this is what it is so i am excited to have one of my heroes in cannabis here with us today mr elliot lewis yes Owner, uh, can I say owner, founder? I know you have partners, but you are the owner and the founder of Catalyst Stores. Owner, co-founder. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Now, now, Elliot, uh, I don't know if you follow him online. I don't know if you're in the cannabis industry, but Elliot is one of our more outspoken individuals in cannabis. And it ain't just about cannabis. It's just it's about, it's a, like his shirt says, character over clout. And he believes in that. He stands on his principles. And I admire that about him. So he's here with us today. How are you doing, Elliot? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. It's an honor to be on here and uh, humbled by the kind words. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, um, for people that, you know, we're talking to a, a, a very wide audience. Some of them are in the industry. Some of them are not. Um, but I see your passion about cannabis and business. And that's that's something that you don't see from every operator. So give us a little background about how you got into cannabis, how you got into Catalyst, and then we can go from there. Yeah. So I'll just do kind of a quick little history. You know, in the mid 90s, I went to Cal right when 215 came out. I was just small time, little hustler flipping uh, BC packs and with a little three lighter. Got away from it for about a decade. Started growing in like 2013 uh, with some guys, did some bigger grows up north. And then uh, when they brought dispensaries to Long Beach, I was like, I'm just going to try to get me one of these. Right. Uh, so we, we ended up being pretty successful in Long Beach. We have four open storefronts today. We actually won uh, six. And then we started off as Connected Cannabis Co. Because we were like new in the game. You know, shout out to, uh, you know, Connected and uh, Caleb for really, you know, kind of helping us find our way. Then we had an amicable split in 2020. And so Catalyst itself was born in 2020. It's about three years old, but we always had owned those stores, but they had their name on them. Mm. Then we kind of broke out and uh, went our own way. So nice. that, that, that's the history of it. Very cool. How many stores do you have now? So right now we got 21 open. Uh, it's been a grind. It's a tough game out there. <laughs> we about to have a good August. I think we'll drop another three, maybe two more nice. in September. So little by little, you know, we keep, keep trying our best to move it forward. That's right. And so with the Catalyst, what is your, what is your 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 mission statement every time you open a store? What is because I know your, your your I know your mission statement. It says weed for the people. And I know that that's something that is very dear to your heart. Give us a little background on that. Yeah. So weed for the people. It is a hashtag. But I always say it just means a hell of a lot more than that. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's any anytime we come into a community, real shit, we want to give back to that community and uplift lives. 
I think it's super important always to keep the patients first and your workforce first. And that's, you know, just kind of going back to the passion and trying to change the, uh, the policy. Like a lot of people see my face out there and, you know, we're, we're doing different things, not just talking about it, actually trying to do things, whether it be political uh, or legal. But what I see and, you know, what I'm really blessed for is having, you know, let's say we got 28 guys at HQ. They're doing 10, 12 hour days and they're all underpaid because that's the game. Right. I never had taking a salary yet to this day and just seeing them struggle. And we have to suffer because we've chosen cannabis and the policy is so bad. You know, we're fighting for not just our own crew, but for the patients to get the price down. And then anytime, like I said, if we're in a city and we're going to come to a city, like we're going to bring it, we're going to do something, whether it be with vets, cleanups, backpacks, that's all real shit that we're doing. We just did an expungement fair, got a bunch of stuff off of uh, people's records. So for me at the end of the day, like I love the hustle. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I don't, um, you know, it's always good to make a little bit of money, but for me, the platform is really uh, to try to effectuate change. And that's what catalyst means. Yeah. It means change and weed for the people is that right. And the bottom line at the end is fire weed to fire prices. Correct. So instead of trying to make these big fat margins and have big, heavy corporate salaries, we're just trying to focus on the, the customer and the patient. Yeah. You didn't, you have, you, did you use outside money or did you do this from like ground up? Yeah. So the reason, one of the reasons we have, maybe one of the reasons I should say, I got a chip on my shoulder a little bit anyway, <laughs> but uh, one of the reasons we got a chip on our shoulder is, you know, we never had the fuck you money. Um, You know, I was flipping houses from like 08 to 13. So I had some guys that had like a little bit of money. So like, you know, hundred grand, 200 grand, 300 grand at a time, we kind of hustled it together. We got a little lump, nothing compared to the big guys and some institutional money. But one of the things I'm really proud of is if we built this shit, no exaggeration, probably 10 cents on the dollar. And I'd say today we're probably the second biggest retailer uh, in California. And, you know, who knows? I'm real friendly with Stizzy. We, in fact, we're going to smoke a cigar together Tuesday, but like friendly banter. Yeah. Like, Yo, bitch, I'm coming for you. Yeah. And every time I open one, they open up a bigger one. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it, so, you know, I think that is what makes us unique. Like, you know, all these guys raise nine figured money. We're not even close to that. So we just always have suffered and just kept it really lean, kept the corporate overhead low. And then, you know, all the institutional uh, lenders, they looked at us and they were like, pass, pass, pass. And maybe just because of me, right? It's a double-edged sword. You're out there and they're like, this motherfucker's crazy. And now it's a little bit like scoreboard. And look, I'm not above being petty. So like on New Year's Eve, we had a good year last year. And, uh, you know, I just emailed them all. Like my kids, we party with the family at, uh, and then, at, you know, at midnight, they all went to bed. It was like 1230. I was feeling kind of nostalgic and everybody who passed on us, yeah. I sent them a little email. Like <laughs> I sent them a screenshot of like when we were at January and we were in December, hoping maybe I could get a little more money, yeah. but to talk some shit along the way. So, you know, one of the things I am really proud of is like, we had to scrap it up and we just keep mm-hmm. going all in. So every time there's any profit, we go all in, mm-hmm. build more stores, go all in, build more stores. So that's, you know, been just real organic growth. Other thing that I think is unique, I'd say over half the people that work for us at HQ, our executives, they all came in as butt tenders or receptionists and worked their way up the ladder. And those people, in my opinion, are much more valuable in most cases than like the fucking, you know, Chad fucks they got from Urban Outfitters or not, nothing against <laughs> Urban Outfitters. <laughs> nothing against them or any other. I don't, I'm, not I'm pretty to sure yeah. Urban Outfitters is never going <laughs> to get this. Yeah. <laughs> I want, I'm trying not to put anybody on blast. I didn't mean them, but like, you know, Gab, whatever, these good companies, yeah. they come over and the cannabis is a unique thing mm. and it's its own sport, which makes it kind of cool. And then if you worked in the store, you just know a lot more about it. And then, you know, you interface with some of our purchasing team, uh, like the way they know the product and the way they move is way beyond, you know, people that are maybe coming from a corporate level can do. So even though we were, I don't want to say forced in a bad way to be able to grow organically and, and bring our own guys up, they're actually 
more valuable than, you know, guys that built the company yeah. from top down. So, yeah, you know, I, I always tell people, you know, I, I, you know, everybody thinks that they can come into cannabis and be successful. Mm-hmm. And especially a lot of people from my industry with, with which is music. Um, a lot of musicians, you know, even Justin Bieber try to do some a brand, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it, it's just like cannabis is different than alcohol than clothing than, you know, any of those traditional markets that mm-hmm. uh, that, that rappers or musicians have uh, easy transition into. Cannabis has to work for a specific purpose, for a specific feeling, specific feeling um, for the user. And, and and it's and it can't be it's, it's not a brand name that's going to get somebody to go and to see the plant. First of all, you can't own the plant. You can own the marketing behind the, your processes, but you can't own the plant. And mm-hmm. I think that's what other people um, fail to realize. You well, know, I think of the influencers other than yourself and be real. There might be another one or two. I'm forgetting that you guys are actually in the game, interfacing, have some history in it. And like, that's why you guys are still around. Whereas a lot of these other celebrity brands, they just thought they could slap their name on it mm-hmm. and not be part of the hustle. And then, you know, r- right before I got on, we were talking about the flight we took to Marina. And mm-hmm. I just thought that was one of the coolest things. That's kind of, we got to know each other a little more on a, a personal level. And I even asked you on the plane, like, and this was maybe we were eight stores in by then. I was like, man, you've taken out of your busy day. You're flying all the way up here to Marina and back. You know, God bless Marina, but it's kind of the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just, that's when I got to know you and how humble you were, but it, it takes that hustle to make it work. And then the other big misconception is that cannabis is just shit and money. It's just not right. right? Cause you know, mm-hmm. we move a shitload of money for the amount we make. Cause most right. of it's going out, you know, to the government or to stay compliant or whatever. So it's really, really hard space. And frankly, if I try to get in today, like, Without the seven years of experience and the scale, like oh, yeah. I, I couldn't even jump in. Right. No one, no one, even what I know yeah. today. Just you can't throw money at it. It, it. You have to be really in tune with your operations. I consider myself an operator. I'm not a, I'm not a mascot. Yeah. I'm not a, a ambassador. I, I have. I, look, I get up at the crack of dawn. You know, I'm not above moving pallets. I'm not above doing spreadsheets. I'm not above taking calls. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, I'm not above talking to vendors. Mm-hmm. Like people get like really like like oh they're really talking to this is the exhibit? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like who else is gonna do it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like like I care about I'm very hands-on with the brands. And um I know that you are too. And and there is a a, a known thing about you. You don't back down from anyone or anything. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on with you, and I, I don't know how in depth you want to get into it because this is a free, a, a free platform. Also, you know what I'm, I'm open book. You know, yeah. we got hit yesterday. In fact, uh, apparently you are an agent of Anna's Bar, mm. uh, so you know that's been put around a little bit. But uh, you know, free speech ain't free. In fact, my wife's cheering up a little bit today. We're hearing everything, yeah. uh, but it's hard, right? Like. They put the heat on you. We just got a 25 day suspension on the bar uh, over some real bullshit, totally trumped up charges. Um, and like, I never planned to be a political person. I thought I knew a little bit about politics, but since I got into weed and like, I'm in these local political battles, A, to win licenses, but B, also to effectuate change. You realize like cannabis is like just what they could grab onto now and try to make money out of it. Yeah. But like, it's fucked up the power struggles and like what they'll do to you. And like literally yesterday, after going to a three-day trial, we're going to appeal it. We're going to fight it out. I'm not backing down on it, but we just got a bar that we don't make no money on. It's just a personal issue right. and my wife's name on it. 
uh, suspended for 25 days, the liquor license over some bullshit. And, you know, X was nice enough. We had that dinner. We yeah. talked, you and Valerie, and you said, hey, when you open that, right? It was just something I was giving yeah, to the give me some background. Yeah. So, so Catalyst, so Elliot is, is, and Catalyst stores, they, I mean, they, they've really had community outreach everywhere they open. So in Long Beach, there was a street that they opened their store on and they put their money where their mouth is. So they ended up buying other businesses on the street. One of them happened to be a bar on the corner that was it basically boarded up a whole mm-hmm. block. So they rejuvenated this whole city block, started doing community events, concerts, all this stuff in the middle of the street. And so it ended up, um, you know, when they did the grand, the, the, the grand opening and started these block parties, I showed up and I said, $2 beers, $2 beers <laughs> at Anna's. And for some reason that became like an issue. Mm-hmm. And so now um, they like the the city of Long Beach has been attacking mm-hmm. Catalyst and his fa- and, and and his family run business and you know it and it's 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 really disheartening that you know they don't see the upside of Catalyst and Elliot and his group coming in and refurbishing this block that otherwise would have been you know and uh, you know shut down or boarded up um, they they would rather harp on him. You know, because Elliot can send a cool fuck you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like a, like a hardcore fuck you to, to whoever's listening. Right. So, so they, they, they wanted to harp on the fact that, you know, whatever was happening and he wasn't, you know. Well, what got me in big trouble there was, and this is probably like, I was, every city loves us except my own hometown, but they were looking at a study to re- reduce the cannabis tax. Mm-hmm. And so I already knew they were going to come back and say they didn't have the money, mm-hmm. which is the big fucking lie. So naturally, I pulled all the salaries, the police and fire, and I seen they had 57 million in overtime and I published that. And then ever since I published that, that was like a, and I talked a lot of shit in my, the city. But that one was like, now you're fucking with, you know, their, their money. So before we even opened, we have an email that they were going to come in and do a hit job. And then the day you were there, which was the first day we ever opened, not a grand opening. They had three undercover cops there just looking for shit. Right. Mm. And then, you know, nice enough to have famous rapper exhibit <laughs> just promised. And I thought you were bullshitting at that dinner. Like, Hey, if you open that thing up, I'm going to fly in with Valerie. And I was yeah. like, okay. So I was like, I was opening up. Oh, he's really fucking coming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we get him on the mic for having an exuberant moment. Yeah. The city council was right there. The mayor, someone yes. from the mayor. No, the city was there. It, it, crazy. Well, right? you made a great point when you said you never wanted to get into politics when you got into weed. This industry is not medicinally controversial. In fact, most oncologists, neurologists, do- a lot of doctors will tell you that there is medicinal usage here. It's not controversial they they all agree there's an endocannabinoid system mm-hmm. it is a political issue so whenever we hear people say keep politics out of my cannabis it is literally a political act sparking that joint right there Correct. so if they can't beat you because you're playing by the books they will figure out how to use their power to play dirty to get you which is a big part of the story that unfolded in california post prop 215 they lost at the ballot. So what did California state legislators do? Um, they went and they shook hands with the federal government for the first time and they teamed up to go after patients after Prop 215 passed. And then when Obama got into office, he said, well, let's go after the dispensaries. So it was just a big mess. This is 1000 percent a political issue. If you don't want to be in politics. You just should not. 
being cannabis at all. It will drag you in. And then just, you know, again, like, hey, let's get that. They should not. There's no reason that anybody's given me that. And you can sit down. Here's the the part that's sick. You get a politician in a private room and you're having a drink. He'll be like, yeah, I agree with you. Mm -hmm. But then he goes along with his caucus because Mm -hmm. the hypnotic rhythm of like not disturbing it and the them wanting to elevate in politics and be part of the machine outweighs doing the right thing, even take it to the federal government. I don't think anybody who's a reasonably minded person still thinks it should be a schedule one drug, Correct. but we can't even get banking. Right. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, who's pushing back on that? Probably big pharma. Right. At the state, a lot of people don't realize this one probably get me in trouble, but SEIU has got the earmark on the money and they're never giving it up. So the state budgets, you know, not to get too down the rabbit holes, 300 billion, they only get a billion from cannabis. And it's just the tax money is destroying people's lives. And at the ultimate, at the end of the day, yes, we're suffering as a workforce, but the patients, it's the most regressive tax there is. Like, mm-hmm. I don't blame people for shopping on the black market. All my friends still shop on the black market. Legacy. <laughs> legacy. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Legacy market. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like, uh, you know, there, I got you. I got you. I'm going to be Black market is typically like, oh, that's like a negative yeah. thing. Like you call it legacy. There. It's like this. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a different market. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know talking, sometimes it's We're talking about the plant market. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Well, black market is like, you can get everything. Yeah, right, yeah. Okay, but cool. legacy market is like, you know, this is why we still have a cannabis but, industry. But all the homies that I went to school with in Long Beach, they still have the same plug that we have in high school. And right. they, they see me and they'll be like, yo, bro, your shit's too expensive. I'm like, trust me, that dude's making more margin yeah. <laughs> than we are. You know what I'm saying? All I'm the saying. good plugs. Yeah. They're like family members. Yeah. Don't, yes. Like, don't you want to yes. get them a Christmas present sometimes? Yes. Like, you come through when I need you the most. <laughs> And look, I think most people are in it have at least played on that side. Some that are successful. So like my thing is like, it's cool. Just let everybody compete on an even playing field. And then, you know, you could go industry by industry, alcohol, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Pharmaceuticals, like they don't tax it the same way. We they're only doing it because they can. Right. One day what's going to happen. And hopefully like one of my big goals is just like I want Catalyst to outlive me and we for the people that outlive me. I hear people talking about exit like, yo, I want to be in it until the until the end. But like. If we get big enough and we become, because that's probably the end game, it's sad. I hope it doesn't happen. But if we become as big, big farm of big oil, then they'll get the tax down because those guys don't have to pay any tax right. because they got the big, mm-hmm. you know, lobbying firms up there in Sacramento mm-hmm. and they got enough money to control state politics. Right. We isn't organized Jeff yet to, to no, do that. Maybe you could effectuate change power. locally, but not at the state yet. Well, yeah. well, for people that are listening that don't really understand when we talk about taxes and how aggressive the tax is give them like a brief overview of how many taxes like for come off of one sale from cannabis. So like not counting all the compliance bullshit and everything that comes through the vine, it's depending on the city, it's like 30, 35%. Um, if you get into the cost of everything being compliant and then like what goes into all that, and then a lot of stuff is taxed at the vine, taxed at the distribution. So like who really knows by the time you sell it, I know personally, and this don't even count the 280E stuff that you can't write anything off. You know, mm-hmm. this year we probably pay 40, 50 million dollars off the top, not to like flash numbers and taxes. Like I know for a fact, like how much I could do with that. And literally tomorrow is the last day of the quarter. So they shifted all the excise to the uh to the retail. So we got to make all one payment at the end of the quarter. And like it's a disgusting so number. For oh. people listening, um, there's multiple taxes that you have to pay. So you have just on the consumer end, it's about 33%. You've got local tax, 
you've got state tax, you've got excise tax. Um, if you're not a medical patient, there's like a whole other tax. Mm-hmm. So you get a break if you have a license, which I recommend have a license if you can get one. But the amount of taxes that the consumer even has to pay. And I believe in California, cultivation tax is gone now. Right. With the new. Well, for the, at the state in July at the state, they removed mm-hmm. it. But some of the municipalities are still uh, charging us. Right. OK, because it's local. You have state and then you have each local right. place has its own like it's. um. DCR in LA. Right. right. Exactly. So yeah. each city has its own governing cannabis body, but then the state is its own cannabis governing body. So when you want to apply for a license, you have to go local and you have to go state. And those are two different process mm. processes with two different applications. And they don't really communicate with each other until it's like at the end. So well, the is- funniest thing for me ever was when the DCC was talking shit about the DCR and the DCR was talking DCC. And I was like, that's the only two things you've both been right about. You both thought- <laughs> Exactly. So it's it's such a, a shit show. And I think this idea that there's so much money in cannabis is because back then you didn't have overhead. You didn't have to pay security. You didn't have to pay to be compliant. You didn't have to pay payroll insurance. There were so many costs that you just didn't have to factor in. You had a trap house and everything went down right there right. and everybody got their cut. Now there's so many expenses. And like you said, no 1080 deductions. Businesses get deductions, simple deductions. Um, In cannabis, you get nothing because it's a schedule one product. So this 1080E deductions stop people from putting their yachts and planes as deductions. Um, So cannabis doesn't even get that. People are literally drowning, paying. You're paying the government in like 50% taxes and then whatever is left left over is for your expenses. And then you have pretty much nothing left. And I'll just say it real clearly right now. U.S. government, I don't pay 280E out of me. I want to take it to the Supreme Court. Fuck you. It's unconstitutional. We got a new court. Come and get me. I'm fucking waiting. We just filed. We no longer can file under 471C. I want you to come and get me. We ain't fucking paying. And we want a precedent case. Shout out to Harborside. They brought a case there. It's a different court. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not a political statement, but this court is more states right. So there might be another chance under this Supreme Court. And I think there's going to need to be judicial precedent to change it. I mean, we had the Reich case that came in the past and we thought it it was a state's rights case. Um, Nothing ended up happening. Um, But I just with this Supreme Court, my fear is that it all goes away. That it's happened before. Before Reagan got into office, there was medical programs based on compassionate use that was passed by the Republican Party. Newt Gingrich was what was Gingrich, however you say his name. He was part of the people passing legislation. It was purely Republican. And then Reagan got into office. It did not align. And then it just disappeared. Like 30 states that had this compassionate use IND program disappeared overnight. So with this court, I'm not so confident that they're going to be pro cannabis. If anything, I could see it going away just listening to what DeSantis is saying and then what Trump is saying about drugs stands cannabis. But we all see them once they get to office, they switch up. Well, look, I, I think, uh, you know, all the way back to Nixon, they knew Reagan's war on drugs mm-hmm. was a, 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 just a horrible thing. Nixon, they did a study on cannabis back in, in that era. And basically, I think the conclusion they came to was, look, I mean, this is literally the conclusion. It's fucking out there. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Shouldn't be schedule one. Right. The Schaefer Commission. That was we, Nixon. Yeah. But we want to search people of color and hippies because they have weed or we and think they have weed. Right. And they're anti-war. And let's use it as a technique to shake them down. Right. And look, because you can't do it because they're black, but you need to find a reason. Yeah, there's no debate on, right. on, on like 
the, the data is all there. Right. And then, you know, even when they did the social equity in L.A., it was really interesting. Uh, you know, they had a map of the number of people that got bust. Every, every, this is everybody, you know, whatever color, whatever creed, whatever socioeconomic, everybody smokes about the same amount of weed. Correct. Right. And so they had a little heat map of like how many arrests per thousand they were. And then, you know, communities of color, they were clearly impacted by the war on drugs. You know, obviously it's debatable what the best solution is, but they use cannabis as a way to incarcerate people, search them, get into their lives. And that's the history from the, you know, Nixon, you know, on up. I think if you, you know, it's like 70, 80% popularity now. Um, you know, I think if you got everybody into a private room, they would say, okay, at least get the banking through. But, you know, you can't they can't even do that. They can't, no. they can't do anything. Isn't It'll, it interesting that they say war on drugs, but they, they call the current thing uh, opioid crisis? That's how we got an opioid crisis. They were so hyper focused on cannabis and going after this plant that an entire pill crisis was happening and they didn't even notice it. Like half the kids were taking speed every day from pharmaceutical companies and were like, go after the reefer. Yeah. Like they completely missed it. And that's how it ended up spiraling to the point that it is today. Mm. No, yeah. it's crazy. And nobody went to jail for that. Like, no, you know how many people fucking died and how many houses? Well, no, if, if, if somebody dies from an overdose, it's the dealer that gets sent to jail and not the company right. or the manufacturer. And, and they just walked away. Cool. They paid a little whatever it was. Mm -hmm. I don't know the exact yeah. back. They paid Pretty two bucks. They made a hundred bill, mm -hmm. whatever it was. They fucking, you know, mm -hmm. that's nothing to them. And, and yeah. what I fear is that the end game in this gets super centralized and big pharma now, I think is a big driving force of why cannabis at the federal level is getting pushed. Yep. But if you don't think they're sitting back there, you know, twisting their mustaches in the smoke filled room, yeah. trying to figure out how to fuck us all. Well, it's not just big pharma. It's big alcohol. Oh, it's yeah. big tobacco. Like yeah. there's a they, lot. They're, they're definitely threatened. Right. They especially they don't want college students switching from alcohol to, to cannabis. Like they're a very big. The underage drinking population is a very big chunk of profits. Like mm -hmm. they don't want this. So it, it's a lot of different entities that really hate this. And the thing about cannabis, it was during Nixon, it was supposed to temporarily be on schedule one until scientists could just figure out where it belonged on the scheduling list. They did not use any scientific data. They went completely straight to law enforcement and said, what should we do? And that's what the basis that it was on. So law enforcement and cannabis do not mix at all, 1,000%. So that leads me to my next question. Don't buy weed from cops. Yeah. Don't buy weed from cops. I wasn't so, going to say it, but... Let's know. talk about glass houses. All right, let's get it. I'm down for it. By the way, just fired off a motion and compelled it. <laughs> okay, so I I saw that you're suing Glass House Farms, which is the cop brand. Yeah. For, okay, go give, ahead, give, yeah. give us some backstory on that. Well, what I know is that you are alleging that they are operating in the black market with their midi mids. <laughs> <laughs> midi mids. Uh, their midi mids. And, and let's just, you know, Glasshouse is not a friend of the cannabis industry. How can you be a cop and ruin people's lives as a cop and then get into cannabis and you have so much land, you're growing so much midi as weed that it's dropping the price of everybody else. So many companies are dying. Like you literally were ruining lives and then came to weed and started ruining lives. Like it's not fair, but you're suing them. Yeah. So 
this was like, look, I know when I've grabbed eyeballs before and like, all right, I'm doing that. Like, you know, look, it's always authentic, but you know, Macho Man Randy Savage was my, uh, one of my icons growing up. Right. So, you know, you put, oh yeah, brother, you put a little, uh, flair in it. This was just like, a, we had a long debate on it internally. And like, when I saw the earnings, you know, I did that math on the egg board, like 10 times and was like, that's fucking bullshit. Like yeah. there's bullshit. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, everybody's putting a little bit out the back door for the most part. Right. So like, I don't care about that. It's not my business. Like, especially you've been up coming up in the game. You're just trying to be payroll. Cool. So we were definitely concerned that we're crossing that boundary of getting into, you know, snitchville. Right. But like, to me, the world's nuanced. And I think people fall into this trap of like, Inaction's a fucking action. The status quo is an action, right? So look at this situation. And look, I've been in situations where, you know, where I could have got in trouble. To me, that's snitching, right? It kept my fucking mouth stuff. That's a different thing. This was definitely a borderline case. You know, we debated it. My worldview is this. They were dropping up another million feet of can. These motherfuckers all sell about weed on the, not no weed. I better be careful. I'm getting sued for defamation. They sell maybe some small amount of weed on the legal market, right? Mm-hmm. And now you got a cop backdoor all this weed mm-hmm. with political protection not a little bit to make payroll like his stated goal is to it's uh darwinistic and we're you know he's basically trying to put the small farmer out of business so we want to decentralize it and and keep uh you know the craft farmers going and all that so he's going to drop another million feet of canopy he's got six million a million now so then what then once that goes by and nobody says nothing he's going to get to three million four million five million six million that's it he's protected by axiom allegedly, which is the, you know, the, one of the biggest lobbying firms in the state. Mm. And, you know, people probably are familiar with them. You know, the wine cave is uh, Jason Kenney's greatest hits when Newsom got caught with a little mask on or the mask off during COVID axiom is there. So, you know, my take on it was, look, we're not suing for no money. We're just suing, you know, for unfair business practices. We wanted some standing. And the only thing they got to do is just, yo, just knock it off. Stop it. Right. Like stop expanding. Fucking stop doing it. And I'm good. And then the idea that a cop is now who put people in cuss for a very small fraction of that mm-hmm. weed is now going out there mm-hmm. and, and selling and, weed and out the back door. Right. Listen, and, I'm all for like, I now know that this is it is is good. I had it wrong, but I feel like there are other ways <laughs> that you can go about rectifying the wrong that you did. Maybe help get people out of jail. I don't know. We I do don't, that. We just explain. Well, no, I, I know. I'm talking oh, about yeah. the last wow, house. I got you. <laughs> like there are true, other ways to undo. So yeah. I just get so confused. But my question is, is as well. Do you really think that the police are gonna hold one of their own accountable? Or even just the prosecutors. Well, so here, here's the, like, it, we'll see if the case gets fully adjudicated. We're in a scrap. So they sued me back for defamation. Okay. Thinking I would shut up, right? But then that just, like, made me talk louder. Okay. And then what they've never done, so now we have a motion to strike, not to get into legal stuff, to get rid of that case. We have a, a plaintiff case because they've never actually said that I'm wrong with the math. What they did is chip around the edges, the biggest black marketeer ever. I compared them to a steroid use, but he never said my math was substantially wrong. That's what defamation is, right? So like, how long are they going to turn a blind eye? Who knows? But the hope is that we elevate it enough so that like, you know, look, the, the bad thing about the political people is like, if it becomes politically inconvenient, they don't give a fuck about him either, right? They're going to mm-hmm. clip him. Right. So, you know, if it becomes politically inconvenient or there's enough attention put to the story, like at some point you would think that has to be addressed. And then yeah. like, 
you know, again, I better be real careful. I could hear my lawyer though in the air. Uh, but, you know, he always says, I don't give a fuck. I got two kids going to school. Go say what you got to say. I got your back, right? <laughs> but, you know, I am under a case for defamation, so I'm watching what I say. But at the end of the day, like, um, you know, I think it's elevated it enough so that like he should have said, I think, in his reporting, like, hey, look, realistically, like you're adding a million feet of canopy. We did the CDFTA math after I did that egg board math. And if you do that math, you know, our position and you know, without having all the numbers, we think he would be 45 percent of the market share. That includes burgers and all. And my best guess is there's four or five percent. It's an estimate that's going out. So that means he's backdooring a ton. So now he's done every single math. I've seen him on first smoke of the day. You know, they're rattling off different math about canopy. All How this much canopy does Glasshouse have? So right now they have a million. A million. And then okay. they're going to add another million, right? Okay, so they'll be at two million. And then they could have, well, they haven't done it yet. I think, you know, I don't know all their personal stuff, but I think they're trying to raise money for it. And then they have up to six million that okay. they could do, right? Okay. So for the listeners, canopy means the square footage that they're actually growing cannabis plants on. So right. the building can be bigger, but the area that is being grown on, that would be called canopy. Yeah. So they have six million foot facility. Okay. They got a million turned on. They're turning another million on. And I was like, bro, what the fuck? Then dude posed on the front of the magazine. This is when I think I crossed the Rubicon. I was like, I'm going to get him. I don't know when, right? Like, I'm not quite yet going to do it, but I can see we're going to get into it. So then he posed on the front of, I, I, was, I think it was MJ Biz. I could be getting it wrong. It was. And, yeah. And then he was like the face of compliance. And I was like, <laughs> oh, come on, dog. Like, just fucking stop, right? And the other people that are out there backdoor, I'm friendly with them all, whatever. It's cool. They're doing it low pro. They're just doing it to keep the lights on. It's different, right? And like, I don't know where the line is, but yo, you crossed it. And then they were up there enforcing, I think it was Trinity County. I could have it wrong, maybe a neighboring county. And they went out, a guy growing an acre, and they shot his fucking dog. Then I, that was Mother's Day, or maybe the day before Mother's Day. And so sometimes my wife will film me in the yard. And I was like, hey, baby, can you get the phone? I'm just going to do one right now. And then she was like, it's fucking Mother's Day. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, good point. Because, <laughs> you know, I, she's the voice of reason. I'm like, oh, I'm in this thing. Oh, yeah, it's Mother's Day. I love you, baby. Let me put the phone away. Like, let's have our dinner. So then the next day I was talking to my guy, Nathan, who does the videos. I'm like, hey, if we're going to do this, you know, we could I actually knew going in, we could get sued for defamation. If I'm being totally honest, that was kind of part of the trap because under defamation, we got better discovery rights. So I was like, we better do this right. Put it on an ink board. So we put the assumptions out there. So like, whatever it is, you could debate 70, 75, 80, 90. I, you know, I have my opinion is probably closer to one than the other, but the vast, vast majority of what they're doing is backdoor work and nobody's really buying. I don't want to say nobody, but it's not selling a lot on the legal market, the legal, legal market. They would say, oh, we sent it to a, you know, got it to a distributor and we're good. Right. Like it, it stops there. But like, again, I know people in the street that I, I know what they're flipping. Right. So uh, my thing was like, look, let's try to put a stop to this. Um, you know, there's been some mixed opinions. I think generally we have the support. My joke is like, oh, we can see who's flipping glass house weed, right? Those four yeah. people talking shit out of their burger accounts. But I take it all. I like the criticism. I always say like, I don't want to say I like it, but if you have 100% approval, maybe you're doing something uh, a little wrong. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, we're in the middle of judicial process. We subpoena metric. They're refusing to give it up. We subpoena them for all their distributors and everything. They're refusing to give it up. We just filed motions to compel uh, today to get the evidence. Like at the end of the day, if we get the metric, it's all over. And then you know, I don't want to get into his business about his investors and his publicly traded stock, but like, yo, bro, you're putting on this awful good front and you got people investing in your company. Like if nothing else to 
I don't, I'm not a, you know, a lawyer, but it seems like there should be some disclosure requirements. So I don't ever plan to go after nobody else like that. Just, like it was a tough decision. Like you were, it's because of the situation. Well, but, so do you, what do you think, are there any implications do you think for the industry at large? Because this creates some kind of waves. Like again, like after Prop 215, which was 1996, 1996, they made medical cannabis legal in California. The feds and the state was very upset. So they just went after people. Do you think that this could be one of those moments where they're like, fuck it, let's go get them all? Well, I, I am super concerned about that. And I said before that, you know, taking off was actually the easy part. People mm-hmm. are like, oh, there you go. You took off. Yeah. How, how it lands exactly, you know, is it, is going to be interesting it's gonna uh, be spacex yeah <laughs> the, look, season one I'm, 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 I'm very aware that this is uh very complicated because there's mm-hmm. probably you know in the hundreds of people that are flipping glass house weed is getting all you know if all the reports and all the intel i have are true it's going international it's mm-hmm. going to different states these are all reports to be clear that i've been sent to me on uh you know social media and stuff so uh, like we don't want to necessarily see any of those people get in trouble and then if they close the burner system now it would be bad for the market. The only way to make it work is what I think they should do. Sales tax, everything, excise tax, cap the municipalities at like three or four. And then you would triple the market size overnight. And then the guy that's dumping 20, 30% on the back, he wouldn't have to do it. The BM would you know, still be around a little bit, uh, but it would shrink to maybe 10, 15% little bougie, hardcore guys. Then eventually to me, the, the, the path forward is a legal market, right? So like this whole like BM forever kind of thing, uh, like I respect it, but at the end of the day, like if you fast forward the tape five, seven years ahead, you are going to allow a cop to become a kingpin. And like, I've been on a phone with a guy that flips glasshouse weed, excuse the language. And I, and I'm talking shit to him. We're friendly enough that we're talking shit. And he's like, why are you fucking putting heat on me? I'm like, why are you sucking cop dick? Why are you? Put-? So it's an interesting conversation. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, yo, I'm like, well, you think you're a hustler? Are you cops? <laughs> 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 lasagna but that dude is cool. I don't want to see him have any issues, but at the end of the day, and then like, this is the whole thing. Like I, I'm not the industry, uh, like whatever you want to call it, police, not to use the, uh, ironically a word. So it's a cop complicated issue is definitely in the conversation at the end of the day. I think the discovery that we're chasing down and they know it ends it. And then they had to sue me for defamation because if they didn't, their investors would have been like, what the hell? But what's completely absent from that case is his math is substantially wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. So it will be interesting to see how it lands. Uh, I'm very cognitive of, of what it is. And then, you know, look, without getting too deep into it, uh, you know, there's a few little people that aren't happy for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like not happy, not happy. Like, you know, I got a little security outside, but you know, yeah. <laughs> so it's a thing. Yeah. Right? Do you yeah. feel like, do you feel like, um, do you, I mean, cause that's a big deal. I mean, like I've, I've, I've walked around with security before because I was a public figure and I was, people were liking what I was doing. <laughs> so now you are in a position where you are like, you pissing in people's cornflakes. Yeah, and, no. and, and 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 for for just reason because if this thing can be done behind behind closed doors, it's like a saying, you know, the the, the roaches scatter when the lights come on. Yeah, look, right? we're definitely fucking with people's money. So again, it's super complicated. It's not a clear uh, issue. You feel like it could be interfere with your business. Well, so that's the other debate, right? It's like. And this happens all the time where like sometimes I got to pull myself back because like, you know, we're on this podcast and, you know, I'll say like, hey, there's this thing. But like, you know, 
I won't say what city yet, but we're about to get a license transfer that we acquired from somebody leaving the state. I got to go meet the police chief. Right. Mm -hmm. So then it's like, I can't be talking too much shit about overtime in the LBPD. Mm -hmm. I better keep my head down. Um, you know, I think if we like once all the cities are issued, cause I still got to go out there and win licenses. And I believe we're always the best applicant, mm -hmm. but like, you know, a lot of these interviews happen with the police chief and the fire chief and you're black. They're like a fraternity. So, um, you know, you got to walk that line. You know, it probably like I wasn't aware of it when I started doing it. We just got out there, started talking shit. There probably is a little marketing aspect to it now that I'm self-aware of. Like, I don't deny that. Then the flip side is like you don't get any favors. You can get a lot of heat. I got more audits than anybody. I definitely got more visits from the DCC. I always say that I'm more investigated than Hunter Biden. Sam Bankman freed and fucking that bank that went out of business in San Jose. That's just real shit. Like, that's it. Just one guy, mm. you know, a whole company with 21 cannabis stores, more invested in a multi-billion dollar bank, a multi-billion dollar crypto scam, and a multi-million dollar fucking crackhead president son committing tax evasion. And we're doing everything on the up and up. We let all our old 215 stuff go because we know we're under the the microscope and we, 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 you know, we try to run it clean, but it's a great question. And then, you know, even yesterday, you know, my wife takes a little more personally than me. Like I already know the government's so bad and spoiled and evil, but she's having this whole ex existential crisis. I think she's getting better. I don't think she cares. She was like looking at islands and Portugal. And I'm like, yo baby, this is what they want. Like we, 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 we're, we're good. We're going to make it. Yeah. And then like, I never want to let my own personal, and this is a like hard line to walk my own personal, like, belief system get in the way of the business because I got shareholders, I got workers and all of them balancing all that is a really, really hard uh, line to walk. And then, you know, every once in a while, you know, the big one was, uh, you know, when we were doing that party on Pine, when it finally came to an end without getting into it all, we got hit with all these notices all at once. And that was like the one I got like just right when I got up after getting like three. And then I did like I had a full on blown like, man, I'm getting off Instagram, fuck all this. I'm just gonna put my head down and open stores. And then like, whatever. We found a new location. And then like, I was like fired up again. So it's like a whole thing to go through. And then, you know, uh, my wife is a little more empathetic. So like, she just looks at the whole system as like, a, uh, like, Oh man, we're going, going in the wrong place. So that's a great question. I don't know the answer to it. I think it's a double-edged sword mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Like, the weed for the people hill is how we got to where we are. So fuck it. I'm going to well, die on that. Well, hill. Listen, for the most listen, part. listen, I, I'll bullshit aside. I've talked to and I've I've seen the people that work with you and for you. And you're the leader. You're like the you're like the Superman in the Justice League. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. look, I just like, wanted bro, to get one store. I understand. And, I understand. But I think, you know, I think we need voices like yours in this industry that not only understand overstand what the, the people, the growers are going through, the retailers are going through, but you call them bullshit on the people that are trying to kick us before we even get out the gate. Yeah, and it's just hurting everybody. And the fastest growing industry that could exist today, unless you're like an AI or a techie guy, which most people are, is cannabis. And there's no reason why they're destroying that growth. And, you know, I used to interview everybody we brought in, and now I'll do it in groups. Still important for me to tell them what Catalyst is trying to be, meet everybody, go around the room. But when I did them one at a time, you know, there's all these negative outcomes, not everybody that are happening on the, you know, the other side of it. And like people coming from trap, the tight had to take the hit for their boss, girls getting creeped on, all these different outcomes. When at the end of the day, you know, look, if your hustle is your hustle, that's cool. But I think the, the path forward is, is legal cannabis and like, for this tiny amount of money, which is 0.3% of the budget, like, yo, just let the money go. If nothing else for a short term, 
so we could we could do it. And I do think because I'm just on it, this is my, like my family and this is my life. I got no hobbies. In fact, uh, uh, Chase outside's like, I got this thing going. I got this thing going. I'm like, bro, dude, Wednesday, Thursday night. Nah, I'm, I'm grinding. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Respect. I was like, find a Friday or Saturday. I'll, right, I'll, right. I'll jump in there. But we've been really lucky. The people that are our workforce believe in what we're doing. And then everybody's got to have that buy-in. It can't just be a one-man thing and everybody's suffering and making a little less. Yeah, we try to have fun. We're there, but it's 10, 12-hour days. It's not really sustainable in the in the long term. And then, you know, the customers got to pay more. The workers all got to make less. And, you know, really, they're the voice, right? And then, like, you know, at some point, I get to be a little bit of a mouthpiece. It would be nice to get a few more people being voices because at the end of the day there is you know you get a lot of arrows the government got a lot of stuff they could do to you like you know like this is straight up real shit like they on us 24 7 and then you know the otter is coming i'm like yo dog you know where my office is don't <laughs> you were there we got till tapped on 420 at 420 yes, right yes, so like i've been till tapped three times i don't care to say it publicly uh you know look all our stuff's and payment plans we're caught up right um and that the time we got till tapped you know we got a little late like they think we were building dispensaries on their money i would say that is not true and that i'm offended at sit accusation <laughs> But anyway, like we were putting it back in a payment plan. It was going to be all good. Yeah. Uh, and, and my point to the guy when he was there, I was friendly with him. X was there. We went out, we yeah. did a video, went Absolutely. back in, getting tilt tap. Uh, I normally don't brag. 420. Four, at 420. Yes. Yeah. Like, yes. come on, bro. Right. And they come in like 12, 13 sheriffs deep, five cars and a, and a whole thing. And, I'm, and, and the thing that's sick is we sent over the payment plan and it was going to start with 200K down. And I was like, yo, bro, you only got 172. Like you're 28 short. Yeah. yeah. Like I get what you're, 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 uh, you're doing here. Right. And then like, you know, I've looked at enough people's books cause a lot of people are busting out going out of business stuff we're looking at. Mm. And like, I know this guy was a fuck ton more than we do. And this guy was a lot more than we do. And this guy was a lot more than we do, but they're coming to tap or till they've done it, uh, you know, three times. Yeah. And it's like, I just keep it cool. No big deal. Whatever. I'm polite. Come get it. Um, and you know, it just puts you as a, you know, you're, you're additionally, uh, you know, exposed. So it, it, it's definitely a thing, but we keep it moving and, and just, just hope that we could survive the storm. But right now, like I said, I, I think there's going to be a big capitulation. A lot of people are getting knocked out. And I think by the end of the year, you know, it's a couple more excise tax payments come. There's going to be, it's going to look a lot differently. All the big MSOs, they fucking left. Uh, right out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's always a pit. Mm-hmm. Oh, their trash might be my treasure announcement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, oh, you're leaving that one? Oh, I'll take that. <laughs> so. Yo, Elliot, we uh, we appreciate you, man. Um, I'm definitely going to come do your podcast as well. That's good. Um, I think uh, I, I, I want to ask you one more thing. So you wear many hats and you have a lot of things going on. And you, I could see how in-depth you are in a trench with catalysts and all these things that you're that you're doing you're standing on principle do you still find joy in growing do you still go to the gardens do you still do you still qc the the the, the product that comes through catalyst yeah I, i'm like even when we were like in quotes cultivating i was never really like the guy that went in there and touched the plant but like the opening of the door the whole entire process seeing the customer happy like 
nothing makes me feel better. Like on 420 or 710, these big holidays, I'll drive the whole footprint, right? And for me, it's like a, a trip down memory lane. Like we got at that time, 420, I think we did uh, all 15 in SoCal. I think we had 17 at the time and it was just cool, man. We yeah. woke up real early. We stayed out in Indio, drove all the way back, hit them all. Uh, you know, we got a little visitor that almost fucked up yeah. the whole 15. Uh, <laughs> But it's just the coolest thing ever, man. I just love it. I just love being around the people. And then just, you know, maybe you'll see someone in the street that knows you and they'll give you a little thumbs up. And that that might seem like a little thing to him, but that definitely uh, energizes me. But I'm not going to lie. Some nights it gets heavy. You got to roll around there a little bit, smoke a little extra weed. But at the end of the day, I just I love every minute of it. To me, what better time to be alive and what better industry at, at what time in the world than being in California cannabis? Because I do think despite all the fuck ups the government's had on it, this is going to be the best weed market in the game Absolutely. one day, right? Just not yeah. today. To quote Kendrick Lamar, the women, weed, and weather. Right here in California. <laughs> that's going down. I, I, I heard that as the women weed. It's like, yeah, that's the stuff that we grow. That's what we like. <laughs> Boy weed gets killed after we get its seed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. That was deep right there. Ooh. Lightsaber. <laughs> I gotta get a sound effect more. <laughs> we can add Yo, it. Oh <laughs> uh, man, Elliot, thank you for coming on Lasagna Ganja podcast. We call it Lasagna Ganja because there's layers to what we do. Ah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's no lasagna. There's yeah, no lasagna. Sorry yeah. if you expected yeah. some Italian. It was pretty good food out there, though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that cut meat and fruit is no joke. I'm good. Yeah. Well, we, you know, we, we're glad you came on, man. Thank you for coming. Good luck with Catalyst. You don't need luck. You, I'm just. We all need luck. Let no, me tell you. No, no, no. I, no I, I, I'm going to say this to the people that I know are real operators, and I will see you at the finish line because you're going to make it. I appreciate that. Yeah, I hope you're right, guys. So, Lasagna Gotcha Podcast X to the Z Exhibit. Tammy, a.k.a. the Cannabis Cutie. That's right, where culture meets cannabis is going down. See you guys next time. Peace. Check out the Lasagna Ganja podcast wherever podcasts are streamed. And check out our separate feed with video episodes. Available on Spotify and YouTube. For more information, visit dcpofficial.com.